I did think it was going to give me at least like a, one second. Uh, it's like the nerdiest version of, hey, watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, what's the... Uh, oh, it's not even the, like, hold my beer. You know what? Who gives a shit what the reference is? The reference ain't important, John. What is important is that we are going to try a second version of this intro of the podcast <laughs> maybe in like uh in like 30 or 40 years when someone dusts off a hard drive or fires up a server mm-hmm. after the apocalypse someone will find the previous 12 minutes we just tried to do um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. folks it was the most elegant and perfect bit of banter that you'll never hear uh yeah, it was really it was really efficient crisp effective direct and to the point i mean honestly we're our listeners are lucky because uh that was a very abbreviated version of the podcast and i think it was perfect and i don't think we really needed to do anything more i mean the good news is is that it was so good it probably would have ruined the rest of the podcast for us to try and maintain that level oh yeah yeah The, uh, the standard of excellence was terrifying i mean i uh that's, I was visibly, visibly shaken, uh, uh, which well, which cost me. I'm going to say I think we have set an appropriately low bar for ourselves. Yes, as we uh, as as this podcast episode. What episode number are we on? What are we clocking in at here on the radar gun? Well, it looks like recording number two as far as episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go, folks. Episode two, the second ever episode. Of uh, <laughs> the F1 files. That's right, folks. You're listening to the F1 files, a mm-hmm. Formula One podcast hosted by two bestest of old friends. Catch it up talking about Formula One from a little bit of the American perspective, you could say. It's true. It's very true. It's nothing but nothing but truth is what you're spitting here. That's right. Oh. Straight. And who are, who are we talking with here? Oh, yeah. Who are we talking with here? Well, <laughs> I for one, I, this is throwing me off so bad. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I I'm, love it. I'm John Lepore. I am a creative consultant designing the future for film technology and automotive. Mm-hmm. And and who are you? Uh, well, my name is Corey Willis. I'm an actor, writer, comedian, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And uh, yeah. As as you said, we are a couple of best friends, just talking shop, talking Formula One, gossiping, catching up on all the drama, and uh, as we clearly discussed in the last podcast, which no one will hear, the previous uh, twelve minutes of episode forty-four. This is episode forty-four. Oh, oh, uh, of yeah, yeah, of of significance, uh, numerical note. There we go. Uh, yeah. So it's a podcast uh, uh, about still. Still, we rise. Still, we rise to the occasion of continuing to talk about Formula One, even though it's in the off season. Uh, we are deep, deep in the off season, folks. Yeah, we're deep in a. We we are in the creamiest mm. dredges of the off season. Um, but there's like, still like if it, still? if this was if this was oh boy if this was French onion soup. Oh, if this boy. was. Like this a, isn't going to be gross. Yeah. <laughs> no. If this is a bowl of French onion soup, we have 
it, it we have plunged. We are at the tip of the sphere. The spear? The tip of the spear. That's what I meant the to spork. say. Spork. Tip the, of the spork. The, the tip of the spork. That's a good that's a good implement for eating French onion soup, by the way. Mm-hmm. Right. But but we're the tip, we are the phalanx of tines on the fork, uh spork, and we are wow. We are diving through that ooey gooey cheesy crust of the French onion soup. And we have dove deep into the actual soup. Uh, like we're in the center. We're in the scalding hot center of the creamy pocket of French onion soup. That is the off season of Formula One. So I don't get it. Is that like, is the hot center of the front French onion soup, is that a good place to be? Or is that I like, a, uh, no, I'd rather pick the skin off the top or like, yeah, I the... think, I think. The the real the real question here, John. Is there anything good? Is there anything better past the center? Like, is the bottom of the bowl have like a a, a gingerbread crust or something? Oh, what's yeah, sure, uh, maybe, maybe? I think I think what's happened here is, is not familiar with the mechanics of French onion soup. Yeah, and I, I barely, as someone who like doesn't really eat a lot of beef, uh, it's I don't also don't know it very well. Uh, I think what's happened here is that I've had a a horrible metaphor that I've tried to work my way through, and it just hasn't. It just hasn't. I thought you were going to say, I've had a stroke, and this is... Uh, I'm having a brain bleed, a and a very flirty debardation. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so in in our in our creamy off season, there's there's still a few things to to touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, maybe just as a as a broad overview. I think some of the things we want to touch on. We mentioned this last week. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of straight insanity being spewed by an otherwise Gandalf like figure of the sport, which is Ross Braun's comments about a potential reverse DRS. Yeah. And he said this as he was leaving his post too, which is even more like mystifying. You're like, wait, so, so are they implementing that? Is he, is this like a, a situation where, uh, I mean, Ross, Ross Braun is still alive and with us, but it's like that kind of like Steve Jobs thing where he's like, now make great products. And it's like, yeah, but we don't know where, we don't know how, we don't have the creativity to make them. Uh, I don't know. A watch. Like, are, what, like, so did F1 just go make great competitive things and they were like reverse DRS? Uh, so, I think that there's that's maybe a bad for, way to for, phrase. Yeah, it. first just just describe. Yeah, what what is Ross Braun thinking is a reverse DRS? Uh, so ultimately, what he's talking about is active aerodynamics. So these, especially with these cars that are ground effect cars, they have the ability to disrupt some of those the downforce that that is that is generated by that uh like Mm -hmm. these massive caves underneath the car basically so there's a way that maybe formula one could have drs in quotes uh which would be like a drag reduction system actually creating drag or not being as efficient so in effect, slowing a car down that was having a runaway lead. So if a car was taking mm-hmm. off by more than a few seconds per lap, it would then be limited in its downforce, not in the corners, but just in its ability to maintain downforce uh, on the straightaways so that the car wouldn't be able to just like tuck in and blow away the field, especially these cars like the Red Bulls, 
and even the Mercedes back when they were dominant, when they were just amazing on straightaways. Like they were just, uh, they couldn't be caught. Uh, if you remember, I mean, I know you remember this, but just the way that Mercedes designed its suspension to basically make the back of the car just like tuck in and yeah. create even less drag uh, back when you had movable parts in your suspensions. It's like one of the reasons that you cannot have movable parts in your suspension this year is because Mercedes figured out a way to make their suspensions like compound the effect of the DRS and slipstream on straightaways. Uh, just really like brilliant stuff. But the idea here is to take away an advantage of a car that is naturally, again, kind of in quotes there, that has just a, an, an advantage over the field on straightaways. So once, yeah, once you pull, you know, five seconds out into the lead, mm-hmm. they basically hit a button and a parachute is deployed from the back of your car to, to drag you down. I mean, that's... But it would only be, I believe it would only be on straightaways because you couldn't okay, possibly yeah, yeah. try to affect the downforce on these vehicles when it's like, oh, I'm going to do 110 miles an hour into this turn if you take away downforce. Yeah. That's a driver in the wall. Like, there's no question there. So they would only be able to do this Again, this is there's so many scare quotes. Just assume that most of the thing that sounds like what uh, those are all scare quotes. Um, so the idea of like active aerodynamics would not only yeah. be uh, deployed on the lead car, but it would only be deployed on the lead car on straightaways after it had already pulled a significant advantage. Uh, or and it would be until presumably until it's within. Not even DRS range, I don't think. I think it's just within a few seconds or something. Yeah. So, so it's, it's so much. That's, so, yeah, like, yeah, it seems like a lot. Seems yeah. like a lot. Seems, seems frustrating. And like, it seems like something that would also just breed weird counter strategies where they'd say, oh, you're about to hit reverse DRS. So let's just like, just now just hang at that sweet gap and preserve your tires more and whatnot and yeah yeah it's that kind of thing of like they did uh old old fans will remember when they changed the qualifying format a little bit uh, about like six years ago seven years ago now and it was just laughably bad uh and the idea is to like oh let's make it more competitive but often when these rules are just kind of put in place to make things more competitive, it serves the exact opposite purpose. A team will just be like, oh, okay, we only have this much time in qualifying, then like we'll only run this many times. Yeah. It like it's such yeah, a we'll, we'll keep the car parked and, and whatnot. Yeah, it's yeah, a it's a yeah. yeah, it's it seems artificial. Now, I mean, uh there's an argument to be made that the sport already has multiple artificial factors baked into it including DRS, you know, yes. I guess re- well, that's, regular DRS. That's the um, thing though. For, and for, for frontwards DRS. Front yeah, is, front ways, normal is, ways. I, in mm. theory is artificial as it comes as well and this is just sort of, you know, trying to build on I guess the presumed success of that. And I mean, I'm not yeah. mad at DRS. I think I'm pretty comfortable with that being a factor in the modern age of the sport but here's so i i i agree there there are some things that need to be worked out which uh we can get to in a second here but i do think that having active aerodynamics on a car 
which is DRS. That's what a DRS system is, is you're changing the aero profile of the car while it's moving. That is something that F1, like way back in the day, was like, you cannot have active aerodynamics. You cannot change the aerodynamic profile of your vehicle uh including like the with like the f duct like you couldn't you can't Mm -hmm. and even if it's like plugging up a hole to create a perfect seal so your car gets through the air quicker like that's illegal so the idea of like regulating that to a ridiculous extent is like okay okay sure we're only allowed to do it if we do it by your rules specifically sure but then Instead of just going, okay, we will get rid of that system and not have DRS at all. And the cars just have to use the slipstream and they just have to use good tire management in order to outpace each other on track. Like, just do that. Don't be like, we're Mm going to like, we're going to like, like gouge out, like uh, uh, we're going to cut off one of our legs. Uh, But then we're going to like replace that with like, a brand new leg and it's like well was there anything wrong with the old leg no we just thought we needed to do something to do something it's like no just leave it alone like <laughs> don't don't mess with it just don't let, let the teams figure this out on their own um so what they are talking about doing here with drs is shortening the drs zones and i think that this is this is the logical step to take so at tracks like spa on that long straightaway where people come up over en rouge and then they like get into that not that straightaway but like the slipstream on that part of the track where drs can be activated is not necessary so they're talking about shortening that or even eliminating it uh but at australia it looks like they're adding a fourth drs zone oh which if uh i i can't remember who said this i think it might have been uh uh scott mitchell mom from the race uh he was like hey if your track needs four drs zones there's something wrong with your track (laughs) so and i can't i cannot argue there i love albert park i love that track it's beautiful however if you need three drs zones in order to make your track competitive there should be a like hey uh everyone else has two why do you need three if they're talking about being like "Uh uh-oh the car's got more competitive we need to make more DRS zones in your track. It's like, well, kind of sounds like you need a new track design, buddy. It sounds like that. Not not more DRS zones in the straights, in these like mini and micro straights. I mean, four DRS zones is... That's a, that's a, that's a lot to uh, keep track of. And it's and, not a long process. track. It's, like, yeah. it's not the longest track on the circuit either. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh boy. Oof. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The, DRS is a problem with F1. They they need to sort it out. And it's a nuanced problem. It's not just like, uh, it's like that kind of, if you're, if you're a hammer, <laughs> like everything's going to look like a nail. And I think that the FIA tends to have like a hammer response when they make their policies, uh, especially around making the cars more competitive or races more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but. Anything else about the the DRS? Because we had teased it last episode, and I don't want to I don't want to leave the fans unsafe. I don't. 
I don't think there's that much else to touch on. I think you covered it pretty well. The only other thing that I'll just circle back to that you already kind of mentioned is it does just sort of seem like uh, this this massive fart that Ross Braun let out right before exiting the room and uh, and and yeah. did that, you know, like almost knowingly, you know, just being like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. we've all been arguing over this internally and most of them thought this idea was stupid, but I said it now, so. There it yeah. is. So there it is. Deal with it. And I hope you do it right. And it's like, do what? Wait, you want us? Wait, who are you telling to do right? And it's like, somebody open a window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, exactly. What? No. Oh, it stinks in here. Well, uh, so let's, speaking of dropping bombs. <laughs> I like that for a segue. I like that. Uh, let's let's talk about Charles and Charlotte. Let's let's okay. Let, okay. So hit, hit me with it. What do we got? What do I've we got? got some, I've got some deep engineering analysis that I would like to go through on this particularly fluffy subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Charles and his girlfriend Charlotte have uh, have broken up amicably and amicably. amicably. And I mean, just as you know, just as I did when I was a young man playing the field upon breakup, you make a public announcement to the entire global community via a digital platform of your choice. And, uh, thinking it was probably MySpace at the time. (laughs) No, no. I mean, when I was doing it, it was like, AOL. it was like, yeah, it was AOL. It was getting on to some sort of weird, like gopher user group or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Getting my geo sites in Uh order and uh yeah so uh charles makes his his post on uh on i think this is instagram Mm -hmm. and there's a there's a statement that he releases it's a pretty typical kind of statement for this sort of thing hello everyone charlotte and i have decided to end our relationship and we remain good friends we've shared so many great moments she's always going to be the very she's amazing and deserves the best please respect our decision and Mm. her privacy in a time Mm. like this thank you and I want to dissect this for a moment because it stood out to me, Hit me that he phrased it as, please respect our decision and her privacy. He didn't say our privacy. He said, just give her some space. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, I'm ready for whatever you've got. Yeah, and send when it I, my way. When I, when I see, yeah. And when I see that, all I can think is just like, how how nice must it be to be Charles <laughs> Leclerc, to be... You know, even even when you're stuck driving for for Ferrari, you're still a a, a young, handsome, virile man from you're Monaco, from Monaco, from dri- driving Monaco. in the sport of, of Formula up. One. Yeah, grew up, and now you race your million millions, sorry, plural of dollar car, which isn't even yours, on the streets you used yep. to like play soccer with and ride mopeds on and grew up oh yeah Charles heading into an off season that's going to be nothing but like riding horses that are riding jet skis you know and that and are doing whatever trans- sort of transporting you to your yacht that yeah, like exactly. dope yacht that you have that every once in a while yeah, you post most, mostly <laughs> taking helicopter trips between various yachts yeah. and uh and whatnot and yeah and then just to be able to go out there into the world and to be like listen 
this is it's really tough right now. We're breaking up. But when I say that, it's all really tough for her and me. I'm in vacation mode. I'll be okay. Let's yes. go. Let's let's go. It there's there's definitely an element of Charles. So this is the the thing that like I'm not gonna name any names because I want to protect innocent people. They're not necessarily innocent, but uh, I there there are people who would use a breakup to. <laughs> My mind is is racing right now trying to calculate all the different people that you may be speaking yeah. to or referring to. Yeah, I'll yeah. just leave uh, it at that. Yeah, we will. We'll and folks, here's here's the beautiful thing about having a podcast with my best friend is we're gonna end this podcast and I'm gonna tell John exactly who I'm talking about and he's gonna be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, um, so there are people who use a breakup in order to curry favor with the new like possibility, right? Uh, the new prospects out there uh, to be like, oh yeah, my heart's broken. Mm, it sucks. Uh, I, could, you re- I could really use a good cuddle right now. And it's like, come here, sweetheart. Come here. Come here. Uh, then there are people who would be dating multiple people. And through their own ups, they manipulated a situation into maybe both of those people breaking up with them uh, because they got caught doing something. Or maybe they engineered themselves a breakup so that it was like, oh, I'm dating two people at once. I gotta chuck deuces and get out of here. And then they used <laughs> both of those breakups in order to <laughs> like sow some seeds in multiple places, yep. in multiple different yep, yep. communities to be like, oh yeah, I got broken up with. Yeah, yeah, I was dead. Yeah, I got broken up with. <laughs> and it's like, oh. That was a good move, dude. You 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 used two consolidated. You, yeah, yeah. Th- good good work. Good on you. Uh, so I think that that's what's happening here. Is Charles had a miserable, terrible, no good season with Ferrari, and everyone's been like, "Oh man, Charles sucks, dude." Oh, we've like seen Charles talking to Toto, or like we've seen Charles like and Christian, you know, and then the in the paddock like arm in arm, or like sharing a laugh, or having a drink, or. Uh, we see Charles and and Max uh, having like a great time out at the club or something like that, uh, and you're like, oh, 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 Charlotte, is he like out there courting someone new? And then Charlotte breaks up with him, or he breaks up with her, or they break up, and now he's like got his like prospects of like sympathetic partners. I mean, this dude's got it all. He's got it all. <laughs> and Heartbreak and sucks. not only that, but he yeah, and and. Yeah. But he also like he he just got out of another, you know, uh troubled relationship and he's got uh Bonotto is yeah. is gone now and he's so free of that. Three. He's got three and like the th- the th- the first one I guess is Ferrari and that's like the main like of course you're not going to break up with Ferrari like yeah, yeah, Ferrari's it's you and Ferrari forever, right? But like yeah, he's had three two and a half near devastating results of relationships and now he's going into the summer being like hey daddy's single also i got yachts plural uh i drive ferraris plural yeah my company car is a is a ferrari yeah yeah and it's like oh wow your company car is a ferrari uh no sorry (laughs) ah i made a mistake my company car is 
my Ferrari that they designed specifically for me and only me. I'm the only person on the planet who can fit into this <laughs> car properly and drive it mm-hmm. uh, with with pace. And oh yeah, the company car is in my garage. Oh, where's your garage in Monaco? Oh yeah, I know I speak French, but I'm also from Monaco and have that citizenship or a French citizenship. Uh, you need a light. I have a super license. Ever heard of it? Like j- this dude is just. Do you think he's gonna like? Is is he gonna show up? Uh, you know, on <laughs> on day one of school next year, like all of a sudden, yes. like he's gonna have like new like you know facial hair that we've never seen before. Yes. Yeah, he's gonna be wearing like a fur coat. Yeah, and uh, I and, and whatnot. Or is he just gonna show up like exhausted and just be like, ooh. That was, or is he going to show up in like a white leather like ensemble with like white fur on the collar, sunglasses, just like all sorts of you know stuff on his upper lip and nostrils? Like, is he mm-hmm. going to show up and just be like, "Get me in that car, baby," and have the best season <laughs> of his life? Like, is that because that's totally possible? If he's free of all the things, show up dressed like Russell Brand and and just yeah, yeah, just just come out and and crush it. Yeah, giant Uh, Dracula esque sunglasses, (laughs) like Gary Oldman in Bram Stoker's Dracula, like those purple ones. Naturally, yeah, 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 of course, of course. Uh, um, listen, I'm I'm here for it all, Charles. You you had a you had a a rough uh, a rough season. You've earned it. yeah, I hope you're having the best summer camp experience of uh, of your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And, Me too. Uh, yeah. uh, so, hey, we're talking about Ferrari. We're talking about Matea chucking deuces. He's gone. Mm-hmm. There is apparently ink is being put on paper with Fred Vasseur as the mm-hmm. team principal there at Ferrari. So it that's that's looking more and more like it's happening, uh, and that is a good thing, and that's really really good for Charles too. Him and Charles worked really really well together, so yep. uh, that's that's that only bodes well for Ferrari's future. However, Ferrari is in disarray. This is uh, they are this is now going to be yet another rebuilding year. They just got back to the point yep. where they should be. People are like, "Wow, Ferrari had like a surprisingly good year." No, 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 no. Ferrari has had a surprisingly bad 10 years and they finally caught up. And even when they caught up, they still fell behind. So Ferrari is not I mean, in, I th- in a good way. I think way. of it like this. Like they, they, they kind of, it seems as though they kind of got the car together. Mm. Now they just have to make a team. Yeah. And probably going get to a have whole to hire work. a new technical director. So yeah. uh, there's, I can't remember what his name is. It was another guy who worked for Sauber or no, it's the guy who is the, that he works, I think at Haas, he's their technical director, uh, starts with an S. I can't remember his name, but he is rumored to be coming on board to, uh, mm-hmm. to take control of the technical aspects of Ferrari's design and potentially in race engineering uh, and in race strategy. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with 
Ferrari because they still got a ton of stuff to work on. Yeah, they have they may have a good car, but they also need Carlos to show up more consistently uh, during the race. He just does. I mean, Carlos is good, but he needs to be more consistent in order to be perceived as a potential number one, which he's he's not. He's not going to be, especially if Fred Vasseur comes back, because him and Charles are buds, and like that's a done deal. That's like, oh, you're you're my number one driver. We're going to now design the car around you. We're going to make it known that you are the Ferrari number one driver. That's like the allure of driving for Ferrari is not just being one of their drivers, but being the number one driver at Ferrari. Like that's, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, like, right. That's, 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 <laughs> that's the brass ring. It's not just being like, Oh, I get to put on the red overalls. It's like, I put on the red overalls and everyone bows to me, including my teammates. Like, yeah, that's what you're looking for if you're driving for Ferrari. And I think we're going to see that. But also, we got to have them show up strategy wise. And I don't know if that's going to happen. So, uh, I mean, to me, that's all that's all part of that's all part of his new job is figuring out how to make all those pieces connect. And I think, yeah, you know, agreed. uh, My 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 billion my billion dollar idea. Netflix, I'm looking at you. Just going to give you this one for free for the 2023 season of Drive to Survive. Mm. All you have to do is just insert John Taffer, host of Bar oh, Rescue, into the Ferrari team and just have him there. Like in, you know, first race of the season, Bahrain. It's their, it's their like opening or pre opening night stress test and everything goes crazy. <laughs> And he and John Taffer all of a sudden just goes, that's it. Shut it down. Box, box, box. You also box, box, box. Everybody in. We go. We're just pack it all up. We're going back to Marinello. Forget it. We're going to talk about it. We're all going to blame each other. Yeah. We're going to tear this family down to the studs and build it back up again. Uh, so I've got some great appetizer <laughs> ideas. Now everybody chill out and pass these around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, that, that also brings up the fact that uh, Fred Vasseur also, I don't know how this was reported, but actually I do know how this was reported because the Italian he has a background press. in nightclub management. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, 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 <laughs> he's had his eyes surgically replaced with mini disco balls. Um, so <laughs> I think that uh, he, uh, yeah, the, the Italian press is why this is the, this is why it's known is because the Italian press, there's no one, no body, of reporting expertise and focus like the motorsport press in Italy, specifically around Marinello. And reportedly, Fred Vasseur has not just inked a deal with Ferrari, but he has signed the deed on a house in Marinello. So he's moving to Marinello. And it's like, well, dude, if he's moving to Marinello, there's no reason why he would be moving there other than if he was the team principal. You don't run a Swiss team from Marinello. Like that's not, yep. that's not happening. So yep, yep, yep. he's, he's going to leave Sauber. Sauber's going to be looking for someone new, uh, which, Hey, did you hear the other fair, new rumor? Fair, fair trade. Is that what we're talking about? It's a possibility, but also, uh, Yoss Capito is who we're talking about here. Um, he could be leaving, uh, Williams to go to, Sauber because he used to mm. be a part of Sauber. 
But okay, he also apparently is retiring. This was kind of like a he's he's done. Yeah. Uh, so that sucks though, because Yas is like one of those people who anytime he would be on the mic, anytime they would interview him, he's just such a delight to speak to and just so entertaining. He's like if Gunther Steiner was not mean. <laughs> Uh, basically is uh right, right, Capito's right. personality it's like oh he's like a really sweet like cherubic person who you're like oh even if i didn't want this guy to be my friend he would be my friend like if, if i didn't like he would give me a tour of any space that he knew without me asking for it uh where like it, <laughs> with gunther if you were like hey gunther uh i've never been here before um where's the bathroom he'd be like follow the shit smell Okay, thank, mm-hmm. thanks, Gunther. Yep. You're right. Thank you. Ugh, it was, thank, that was funny. Thank you. <laughs> right? <laughs> but like, you also would be like, come this way. You come with me. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, great. Um, I, I like Yoss. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a, a delightful man, and I hope he doesn't leave F1 forever. Uh, I think there's, with Audi showing up, with Porsche potentially showing up, there's just so many... There are so many possibilities of people who are quote unquote retiring or getting fired. Like they're all going to get cycled back through the Audi program. That's what F1 does. They don't hire from outside of the sport. Like they rarely hire people from outside of the sport. And when they do, it's uh, Arriva Bene and he lasts for like <laughs> a year or two. And people are like, get this guy out of here. He doesn't know how we do anything here. He's just a businessman and he sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's rare that you'll get a CEO or a team principal that is from outside of the sport who ends up in the sport, which is, that's a pro there's a problem there. I can go ahead and say that. I think that's fair, right? That you, there are no new CEOs, no new team principals. <sighs> it's all just people who work within the industry. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, I think hopefully we will see people show up. We'll see uh, Bonotto show back up at Audi uh, when they're, up and running uh and i think that we'll probably see yoss there uh we may see uh who else uh i mean russ braun would be ideal to to put with audi uh and then like anybody and everybody who is getting fired and shuffled around in whatever happens at aston martin because we know it's going to be bad there Mm -hmm. like it's gonna there's yeah no matter what heads are going to roll at that place. Cause they're not going to be on board with Alonzo and that those people will, they'll leave. They'll leave. I actually think, I think it might be, I don't know. I think it might be sort of like a controlled show. Like, I think there's a yeah. degree to which it's, uh, I think Lawrence Stroll is like very much like inviting this chaos in and is like locking all the doors from the outside <laughs> and, and just, you know, he's just like, I was, I've been starting to get a little bored with this sport let's see uh let's do like a purge let's just have a team-wide purge let's see how this works out uh Mm -hmm. weapons are in your desk uh i've pre-selected them based on who will and will not look me in the eye and (laughs) i don't know good luck also uh i didn't give lance a weapon Uh, (laughs) so find him (laughs) find him um uh, oh uh cyril abibble is supposedly getting involved with uh hyundai hyundai is like investigating and exploring the potential of getting into f1 uh 
Uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, that wasn't on my radar. That's kind of fascinating. I mean, I'm not surprised they're no. they've been hitting it out of the park as a as a global manufacturer. They're probably doing you know uh, the, their growth and and yeah. you know you know their their upwards trajectory in terms of just all around success. And they won. Uh, has to be significantly better than almost any other manufacturer over the last you know 15 oh, yeah. years or so yeah uh and we like we've talked about like what uh hyundai's doing just as far as like a car company in general it's a, it's an impressive what that company is doing where it came from and where it's at right now is very impressive if you look at any other car company it's like they did what every other car company took like almost 100 years to do they're like making mm-hmm. luxury vehicles and they're mass producing high quality vehicles and have like government contracts and private contracts. Uh, And last year, even with all the chaos that they had within their uh, rally championship team, they still ended up winning five races. So that's massive for uh, a Mm -hmm. company like Hyundai, which is not known for their rally cars is not known to be dominant in rally, not known in racing, in racing period in general. Exactly. Uh, Not even in like, uh, like any of the Southeast Asian race series, like it's not even necessarily a big name within that sphere. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's dominated by Honda and, and Toyota. Uh, and it, that's just always been the way it is. And it's wild to know that Hyundai is, they hired Cyril Abibel to like run their world rally team. And with that, they're like, hey, you know, we want someone who like knows how to run a team and who has like team management experience. Also, mm-hmm. we're like investigating maybe getting into Formula One. And it's like you just hired a team principal from F1 to your World Rally Championship team. What's happening? So we'll see um, because people can file for they need to start filing for the 2026 intent of manufacturing. So that's like something that Honda just did. They just signed their letter of intent with the FIA saying, we want to be a manufacturer when the 2026 regulations go into effect. So we're going to see a full-throated return of Honda, probably with Red Bull, probably. Uh, and maybe another team, if Alpha Tauri doesn't get sold off to someone uh, other than uh, Red Bull. But I don't know. I mean... I'd love to see Cyril Abibel back in F1. He was like a very intense, fun character to, especially on Drive to Survive. Like, if you want to see a fun relationship between two people, Danny Ricardo and Cyril Abibel, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like the funniest odd couple ever. Uh, it made that series for me uh, the first the first year. Uh, so let's get to the thing, John. We haven't talked about it. <laughs> We haven't the, talked the about it. Goof, the goofiest thing to happen to this ha- week? I mean, there have been a lot of goofs that have been happening in the world of F1. And this, folks, oh, this is like the icing on the... It's the icing on like the top tier of the cake, the one that like isn't even an edible tier. It's just all decorations. It's like the icing that's on that. It's inc- just oh, so good. So, yeah. Uh, last last weekend, I believe mm-hmm. it was, was the uh, it's it's actually called the FIA prize giving gala. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's got to be a more sophisticated or elegant way of saying that than like there, sh- there should be. It's the there should be right. Oh. Yeah, it seems 
that seems strange. I was trying to mock it by coming up with a more primitive name for it, but I actually can't think of a phrasing that's more like <laughs> awkward and bizarrely simplistic than like it's the prize giving mm-hmm. gala. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at least it's got the word gala in it. That makes it sound fancy. So, I mean, this is a big deal. This is a ma- this is a major event. Uh, well, it's not really a big deal. It's all fluff, but it's it's yeah. you know at the end of, at the end of every season, everybody gets together in tuxedos. They hand I, off. John, the- sorry, real quick. I think this might have been one of the reasons why Charles posted that announcement was because of this <laughs> because this gala was happening and there it was a red carpet thing. And everyone's mm-hmm. expecting people to show up in ways. Right, right, right. And Charles, if you look at <laughs> if you look at it, that boy solo, he he's flying solo at that thing. And uh, yeah, so I think he may have posted that kind of in like a prep, like, oh, hey, by the way, don't expect. I like the way you describe it too. When you say flying solo, you sound like you're like he's flying solo, and the landing gear is out. <laughs> yeah, it is. He is. He is just showing up. Uh, uh, all right. So, so He's this also this has, event. He also has fur on the cuffs. It's fur. Yes, it's not on the yeah, collar, yeah. but it's also yeah. on the cuffs. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So this event is, I guess, somewhat notorious in Formula One history for basically being, you know, although it is like where they hand out the trophies, it's also like. Uh, a place where we have seen some astonishingly drunken performances, yes. uh, many of which have all been Kimi Raikkonen. Um, yes. But I think Sebastian Vettel has uh, uh, put on the lampshade a couple times mm-hmm. at the at the prize giving gala, uh, <laughs> and this time we saw we saw it, and it was uh, I think the most like tense and awkward mega drunk exchange that we've seen yeah. um which was we have uh basically uh the the constructors trophy maybe the biggest award of the night being given to uh Red Bull and like the most handed. ceremonious component the most of ceremonious the night. yeah uh, for because, sure because it's the there's only one constructors title and it yep. has been in residence at Mercedes Benz, uh, in I believe at Brackley. I'm not sure wh- which which factory it's at, but it's at one of the Mercedes uh, spots, and it needed to be brought to Red Bull. So it's a ceremony. There's a it's a big deal. So please proceed, John. It just I just want to like help paint the picture of why this is such like this, an important. This is a moment. this is a pretty big deal. You have Christian Horner receiving. Mm-hmm this trophy and he's presenting himself in a pretty, you know, distinguished man. Yeah. You have uh Stefano Domenicali on stage, uh mm-hmm. just sort of watching this bloodbath unfold in front of him. Mm-hmm. And you have the FIA president. This is the president of the whole FIA, uh Mohammed Ben Suliam is handing off the trophy and as he hands it off, Ooh. he just sort of like mumbles out something something this trophies from us so we don't have to deduct it from your your cost cap okay which is like obviously a a reference to this cost cost cap scandal Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. has not like smoothed over in any way like the cost cap scandal is not like a thing that's like oh we put all that to bed like this is a thing that like 
you know, uh, people are still getting death threats about uh, this yeah. whole situation. Yeah, quite literally. And whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, not not an elegant moment. Uh, yeah, basically, it was just like, hey, don't worry about all the cheating this year. Remember the cheating? Yeah. Here's your trophy. And you cheater. can see you can see Christian like cock his head and be like, what? <laughs> like. Yeah. Did you just do say I to smell me? Do, I, do I smell urine on on this guy's tuxedo? What's going on here? Yeah, just real like buddy. What are you uh what's happening and here? So so <sighs> there's a you know uh Horner gives uh Incredible. gives so a good. acceptance speech and it's still not over. It's still not even over no, at this no. point. Uh he he makes some mention of like a little bit of the confusion at the Japanese Grand for Grand Prix where uh, Verstappen. Um, he said it was had, a little, even though it was a little bit controversial with the whole Japanese Grand Prix points thing. So like, yeah, this Which, is Christian. You know, again, not, yeah. Yeah. Not, not really like a big deal even because I mean, he still would have run even if the points were awarded differently and whatnot. But this is at this point, it's now evident that, the president of the FIA is mortal enemies with Christian Horner. And he hears Christian Horner mention this thing. And he just like, and in his incredibly drunken state is just like, Hey, you said something about Japan. You said what you said. It was, it was controversial. That was, you know, controversial. The, the FIA was, was getting blamed for this controversy. Cause it wasn't, it was, it wasn't the, the FIA's fault. You got you guys made the rules. We were just enforcing yeah. the rules, but you're the ones that made them. So if you have a problem with the rules, and like Christian Horner is just like, no, nobody was. No, saying we're that. yeah. Stefano Domenicali is literally putting his hand out between them like a boxing referee. Being like, and okay, uh, guys, let's not you see do him this like here. leaning over. It's hard yeah. to tell. I could have sworn Stefano was like leaning over and like aggressively whispering in uh Ben Suliam's uh so ear I, and I, I and think whatnot. that was just a camera angle thing. I think what he okay, was doing okay. was maybe like someone was kind of doing what we're doing right now, which is like, what the fuck? And like Stefano was like acknowledging that and kind of like leaning. Yeah. Trying to, to do like, the like, I don't know can, either. Is someone going to come get this guy off the yeah, stage? I don't think he was leaning uh, into uh, MBS. Okay, okay. I don't think that that was, ha but it could, I don't know. I don't know. It was a weird, funny angle. So you couldn't really tell there was like some forced perspective thing that was happening. Oh, it was so, that was the most awkward thing I have seen at an event that is notoriously awkward. I mean, I mean, it's normally it's normally just sloppy. It's normally just but it's sloppy. Like, I mean, awkward and silly as, as and far like, as like the way that these people interact with each other. Like they get sloppy and then like they try to take the piss and like someone's like, "What? What do you? What do you? What's this? Right? Are you challenging me in front of a room of our peers? Like it's this weird thing yeah. that they're like. There's gentle chiding and it's always a little bit uncomfortable because it's like, what? Wait." <laughs> We're all friends here, guys. Like, everyone's just getting a little drunk. Let's calm down. But this also, I think one of the reasons that this kind of, like, threw me for such a loop is because up until this point, I had kind of thought that those two were buddies. Like, that, it, not buddies, but weren't, like, 
enemies. Like it didn't seem. Yeah, no, no. I assumed if anything that they were, you know, kind borderline of... colluding with each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. Which this is our bias as Mercedes fans for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of instances where it seems like favor had been paid towards Red Bull in multiple ways. I mean, with the bartering for how the the cost cap penalty was going to be rolled out and announced and all that stuff. Like, it did not seem like they were at loggerheads at any point (laughs) during the season. Certainly not to the point of having not even their boss, but someone who's like, hey, we're making us look bad. Like, Domenicali, he like you said, literally put his hand between them. Yep. Oof. That's a bad look at an award ceremony. <laughs> That's a real bad look. Uh, uh so hey, I'll I'll take it. Bring yeah, on yeah. bring yeah. on the the hot mess express. Um, yeah. I'm here for it every single time. Keep it keep it coming. I can't wait to see what else you got in store for us. Cringiest moments of Formula One. Yeah, we got uh seriously, we have a solid couple of months where we are going to just get little moments, little pop-ups of, he said what? Or, oh my God, did you see this video of this person? Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff like that. Um, there was one uh, one uh, a heartwarming moment, a, a beautiful moment, uh, a couple of beautiful moments. Um, one was watching Vettel get into his kit and get into his car at the Race of Champions. Uh, there's like footage of him mm. getting back into a car that's not, that's, a closed cockpit it's a it's a, a it's a really cool race where it's just a whole bunch of world champions who get to drive around very fast cars uh and it's great so check that out if you can but there was also a moment of uh of pure beauty and family and brotherly love which was watching nicholas hamilton uh there's like some footage of uh nick hamilton uh, who is the brother of Lewis Hamilton, who is physically disabled, uh, has cerebral palsy, uh, but has gotten got overcome a lot of adversity. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's an, another brown person in an elite sport in Britain, and he's physically disabled, uh, has gone through a bunch of surgeries, corrective surgeries uh, that have helped, but also created problems and barriers for him in pursuing proper racing. So he's been doing some e-racing, uh, some sim racing, and gotten to actual, like, a, a proper race car and was doing proper racing before the pandemic and then all throughout the pandemic had stayed with it. And there's footage of Lewis uh, and Nick at, the, at Mercedes at their uh, simulation facility. And Mercedes paid for like some adjustments and modifications to be made so that Nicholas could drive the Mercedes mm, F1 sim. That's awesome. And it's just, there's like, that's so dope. It's such a cool post. Like, and he's like, uh, it's really, really important for stuff like this to happen for a multitude of reasons. Uh, access for black and brown people at for stuff like this is amazing. But then also access for someone who's physically disabled. And has had a bunch of limitations and has come over, like, come come into racing on his own. Um, it's just really, really impressive beautiful. To, to see. Yeah, it's like, I know that this is a PR moment for Mercedes, of course. But this means a lot. And uh, it's going to mean a lot for people who don't have the ability to get into racing programs now or feel like they couldn't. 
because of their physical disabilities. So it's just really cool to see mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, just a beautiful moment uh, uh, in Formula One. And there's going to be very cringy moments, but there are also going to be moments like that. Uh, and to end on like a, a bit of a jokey note, we're going to see Charles with a new girlfriend by the end of summer and uh, summer by the end of winter break. Uh, and I'm excited to see uh, the rollout of Charles 2.0 and the woman that's going to make him into the man of tomorrow. I'm very, very Is excited. there going to be like a media event? Are they going to like pull a, 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 a sheet off of her, uh, you know, and unveil her? An incredible to reveal. The, to the world, yeah. Uh, there's got to be some sort of winter fashion show that's happening where that could happen. I mean, she's going to be. Enti- yeah, it's going to be model. some sort of model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's who Charles dates uh, and who most of these guys date are models uh, and heiresses and empresses and all that stuff. All right, Johnny, we did it. We talked a whole lot about F1, even when there's no F1 happening. Is there anything else that you can think of in this past week that like really, uh, really pops out? I mean, that, that got most of my uh, F1 out of my system for this yeah. week. Yeah, uh, they did announce the sprint races. Uh, that's also a thing that happened. So there are going to be six sprint races. I w- I'm wrong. I was wrong. It It's not Vegas. And that makes sense that they're not going to do a sprint race at a brand new venue because they don't know how the racing is there. And it, if, if any, if there's any indication based on the track layout and the Las Vegas I've been to, uh, it's it might not be that exciting of a race. So I don't know if they need mm-hmm. to have twice or whatever. The ratio is half as much and once again whatever that is uh the sprint race i don't think we have to have two races in one weekend at a place that might not yield the best racing to begin with uh there's gonna be enough uh there will there will be enough spectacle going on yeah yeah i'm so, pretty sure oh god yeah yeah uh still waiting on that f1 car to jump through a hoop being driven by like a white tiger mm. but there's you know there's still months we got months uh all right. Well, Johnny, can you tell the folks what you think as far as like, did the stock in F1 go up this week? Did it go down? Did it just kind of plateau? Where are we at? I'm going to say we're in steady plateau. We're in like conserving energy mode, mm-hmm. heading mm-hmm. heading deeper into the creepiness of the off season. Yeah. This is the car is at the end of the straightaway. And uh, you're seeing the uh, the light flash as it starts to harvest energy from its uh, from its braking. That's mm. that's mm. Uh, so there's mm. still there's still a lot. There, I mean, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff coming up, and it's going to be unexpected. But I think you're right. I think we've hit a bit of a plateau, and rightfully so. I think the unfortunately Charles breakup kept it from declining because people are still interested in that, and the memes are going nuts, and people are being. I think we're doing a good job of being very respectful of both of their feelings. And I, I've, I've seen a lot of memes that are not being respectful and just being like very awful. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be, be nice about this. This is, these are still human beings uh, that went through a breakup. So let's not be awful. Uh, F1 fandom, especially us F1 fandom. Uh, but I get it. If you want to make jokes, you got to make jokes. Uh, I come from the world of jokes. <laughs> So, uh, all right. Uh, well, what can the folks do to find you out there in the world, Johnny? Uh, you can hit me up anytime on uh, Twitter. My handle is Johnny Motion. You can also find me via 
johnnymotion.com if you're curious to learn about some of the things that I'm up to over on my end. Corey, where can the folks find you? Uh, First of all, your site is hot. That site is hot. It's it is. Thank you. It's looking good. Um, I I had some peaks behind the scenes in the way that it evolved and turned into what it is. It's like not surprising, Johnny, but still very surprising. I'm like, damn, dude. My boys can create. That's <laughs> so cool. Um, uh, so uh, thank get, you, buddy. Yeah, hell yeah appreciate dude. it. Um, folks can find me in the world. I'm Burn Corey Burn on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, we are also the F1 Files on Instagram and Twitter and uh, and TikTok. Uh, I think it's the F1 Files Pod or F1 Files Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we're also on Reddit. And uh, you can find me in the world if you are going to be in Los Angeles, California around New Year's, baby. Uh, I will be hosting. I will be getting all pretty and proper. And I will be hosting a New Year's event at The Brightly. It's a social club here in West Hollywood. Uh, there are tickets available for that. It's There are multiple dinner seatings. Uh, there's going to be a jazz band that I'm going to be doing some light banter. Hey, there might even be some sketches and stuff in there. We'll see. I might write some stuff. Uh, so you're not, you're not handing out any trophies, are you? No, no, but that could be a, <laughs> I could do that as a hosting bit. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, come check us out. If, if you're going to be in the LA area on new year's, it's, it's a great spot. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Check out it. Uh, the website is the Uh, and it's phenomenal. It's old Hollywood style. I've been in there. It looks even more impressive in person. Uh, the website is like, whoa, that place is beautiful. You go in there and you will be like, okay, I feel like I am in a, I feel like I've entered like 1920s Hollywood. Like it's really, really wow. cool in there. Yeah. So come check us out. We're going to be doing a ball drop. There's probably going to be some bowling because that's right. They got a bowling alley or two in there. Uh, like I said, it's social club is Hollywood, baby. Come check us out there. Uh, And then, um, yeah, just subscribe, review, tell some folks about this, uh, rate it, uh, share it. If this is something that you like to listen to and want to share your fandom with other people, uh, or they also want to just listen to a couple of goofs goof and talk about F1 and things that are adjacent to F1 and sometimes not adjacent at all. Sometimes they're like shoehorned and forced metaphors and analogies that make no sense. But I'll take responsibility for those. All right, folks, you're going to have to catch up with us the next time, just like we will catch up with you the next time on these F1 Files, baby. (laughs) 